Another episode of Under the Bridge, you say? What a foul suggestion. <laughs> yes, it is disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's a little in-joke. You'll get that one later. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Under the Bridge, everybody. Hi. <laughs> that was a pause. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I couldn't think of anything better than that. Well, I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg, a.k.a. Greg. Indeed. And we have a we have a double feature of movies to talk about, or at least I do. Greg mm-hmm. only saw one, but we'll get to that in time. Oh, yes. In time. First, mm. comic news. Oh, boy. Yeah. Layla L. Fowley, seen in Moon Knight, the Disney Plus series, is making her comics debut in July in Moon Knight number 25. Mm. This is, I believe, since she will be debuting not just as herself, but also as the Scarlet Scarab, the first time that a superhero exclusive to the MCU has made the jump over to comics. Okay, I was thinking about it because I realized you said specifically superhero originating from the MCU. Oh yeah, that's correct. Part of me is surprised that it took that long. Well, to be fair, they haven't made an awful lot of actually original characters. Mm. At least superhero-wise. Most of them are, I mean, there's Coulson, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, Coulson yeah. was, I think, the first one to make the jump. Mm-hmm. But he's not really a superhero so much as he's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Right. Doesn't even have a cool code name, either. Yeah, just Phil, son of Cole. Y- you know what? You're right. <laughs> That's me told. Okay, yep, son of, Cole. <laughs> son of Cole has a sick code name. Never mind. Yeah, there have been a couple of Scarlet Scarabs in the comics before, but... Mm-hmm. She's probably going to end up being the more high-profile one by virtue of, you know, being from the MCU. Right. And therefore probably also getting more of a marketing push because synergy! Because metrics. Yeah, we gotta we gotta make it like the movies so everybody who isn't reading comics still won't read comics. Is this going to be the same character integrated into the comics, or...? No, it's going to be an adaptation. Okay, because I was going to say, it's like, okay, are we getting into the making the audience do the extra homework to that part now? No, the extra homework is reading comics. <laughs> That's yeah. the homework of comics, reading comics. Oh, boy. That sounds lethargic, says the person who reads manga a lot. <laughs> it is a wretched existence, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. For more examples of why, just look at my poorly explained comic series. <laughs> <laughs> Wink, wink. (laughs) But no, this is... She was good in Moon Knight, Mm -hmm. so I'm excited to see this. Oh boy. And plus, it's being done by Jed McKay, the guy who's been writing the latest run of Moon Knight, and he is phenomenal. He's on fire with it. Oh boy. No, at one point, he crashes basically like a a meeting of vampires. (laughs) And... Because one of them is running, like, basically a vampire infiltrating pyramid scheme, where what you turn someone into a vampire and then force them to turn people into vampires. I don't know how it was yeah. supposed to make money or success or any of that, but he was touting it like the next big thing. So he invites a bunch of vampire delegates from other nations to see what he's doing. Okay. Moon Knight proceeds to crash the place, sets off the sprinklers, and then points out he's basically an ordained priest of Khonshu. Hmm. <laughs> And therefore, he consecrates all the sprinkler water, and now it's holy water. Does that work? It worked! <laughs> it worked! <laughs> so he, what, he just killed a room of the world's most powerful vampires? Something like that. 
That is ridiculous. And then one of them was a human lackey and got to live, and he goes, you know what, I'm glad, because now you can send a message back to Dracula, don't mess with New York! Mmm. <laughs> That's pretty great. Yeah, fun reminder, Dracula is the sovereign ruler of the recognized vampire nation of Chernobyl in Marvel Comics. Of, of Chernobyl. Chernobyl, yes. Okay. This is why I love keeping up on this stuff, because I get to say sentences like that. <laughs> but no, okay. th- this ought to be a good time. Alrighty. He's also writing the new Avengers lineup. Hmm. So that ought to be fun. It's a pretty... It's a decently vanilla lineup, but... Hey, you know what? He can do whatever he wants with it. He's got my trust. Hmm. Plus Scarlet Witch is back, which... Okay, you know what? I hate Wanda in the MCU, but Wanda in the comics isn't really any more heinous of a person than any other superhero, so... Okay. Again, I'm not sure if that's good or bad. Oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. (laughs) The Marvel Universe is full of awful people. Spider-Man sold his marriage to Satan to save his elderly aunt, who was telling him to let her go. You know, Tony did the whole Civil War thing. Right. Carol killed him once. Carol killed him once? Yeah, during Civil War II. <laughs> God almighty. Wanda, you know, basically committed a genocide on accident? Uh... <laughs> I mean, she depowered all but 198 mutants, rendering their mm. species almost extinct to make it so no new mutants were being born for a while. But she put it back later, I, th- I think she did it. It might have been her and Hope. <laughs> okay. I mean, a lot of people died as a result of that, but... <laughs> but who's counting? Point is, Wanda's <laughs> not really any worse in the comics than anyone else. Okay, so that's probably a good thing, just because it's like, if she's worse in the comics than she is in the books, then you kind of have to go, what the fuck, man? <laughs> At least she's not Namor. Hmm. I'm gonna move oh, on true. now. Okay. <laughs> we got a little baby bit of news from Shigeru Miyamoto. Okay. Through the Japanese outlet Nikkei, Nikkei, Nikki, I don't know how you pronounce it, I'm bad with Japanese. (laughs) They were talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie. Okay. And per this translation, Miyamoto teased, Nintendo is like a talent agency. We have plenty of other entertainers. I don't like the sound of that. (laughs) I do, because that sounds like more than Mario, potentially. I mean... You know what I will say? I am surprised there hasn't been a Zelda movie yet. Well, there was supposed to be a Netflix series, and then someone at Netflix leaked it, and Nintendo freaked out and said, No! Mm. Not happening! No! I don't want that! No, I'd love a Zelda. Mm. Oh god, I just realized, you you know what probably would fit in a movie perfectly? Because Mm. it's very bare-bones plot, but you could just base one off a tournament? Arms. What's arms? The punching game where everybody got the stretchy arms. <laughs> I've never heard of this. You've never heard? It was like a launch thing for the Switch. Well, I don't own a Switch. Well, yeah, but Min's <laughs> in Smash, and she's a degenerate okay. character. Oh, oh, that's where she comes from. Yeah, she's from ARMS. Oh, I didn't know that. Ha. Huh. Come to think of it, there's an official tier list now. Where is she on the tier list? Ish. <laughs> I mean, I remember when you were using her when she first came out, it's like, oh god, she's annoying. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, partly that's because I'm annoying, but... Mm -hmm. 
Ah, 16. S minus tier. Okay. <laughs> yeah, she's a goddamn problem. At 16th out of what, 70? Uh, 82, I think. Jesus. Well, to be fair, Pyra and Mithra are one character. I think Pokemon Trainer is counted as one character. So it might be closer to like 80. <laughs> God almighty. I say like that makes it any better. <laughs> No, it does not. <laughs> it nah. really does not. No, you know what? Make a, like, retrocade cinematic universe of Nintendo stuff. Do balloon fight. Do duck hunt. I wonder what would have to happen for there to be a Smash Brothers movie. I feel like they might try, mm. but they'll probably fail. <laughs> it's not helped by the fact that a lot of the people you would want to see crossover who already have movies are being done by different studios. Really? Well, yeah, because Mario is being done by Illumination, who is with Universal. Mm. Warner Brothers had Detective Pikachu. I don't know if they still have it. Well, actually, Legendary had it, but they're still a separate studio, and Warner Brothers distributed it, rather. Sonic's with mm. Paramount. Mm. Not that he's Nintendo, but if there's a Sonic movie franchise happening and Smash Brothers happens, you know people are gonna want Sonic. True. I don't remember who's making the Minecraft movie. I forgot a Minecraft movie was being made. Starring <laughs> Jason Momoa, somehow. There hasn't been news on that in, like, a year. I think there was some not that long ago, and I specifically ignored it because I didn't want to remember that the Minecraft movie was coming out. <laughs> but I don't remember. Because mm. I made myself forget, I think. Right. I feel like yeah, if you guys aren't going to do anything with F-Zero game-wise, can you at least make a movie? Uh, I don't even own a Nintendo system or play any, or have access to the old F-Zero games, and even I'm upset about that. Right? And just imagine, right. you could make a movie that actually focuses on Captain Falcon being a bounty hunter, while also racing. Because mm. that's his whole mm. shtick, he's a bounty hunter. Right. Not that you ever see it. <laughs> Ugh. Anyways, I guess that means you could probably expect some more stuff from Nintendo movie-wise, which... Neat. Okay. So, uh... You like Spider-Man movies? Yes. Well, good news. A few of them are already on Disney+, and a couple more are coming in May. Oh, I feel like there's a joke somewhere in there. Well, there is, but I'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, as of April 21st, you can now stream Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3, and The Amazing Spider-Man 1. All on Disney Plus in the U.S. Some places already had them. Oh. We had to wait. So, I was going to say, so this isn't really news. This is just, hey, surprise, we're actually including you now. Yeah. <laughs> and then May 12th, we are getting Spider-Man Homecoming. And, of course, that latest and greatest of Spider-Man movies. I shouldn't say latest because it's several years old by now. You know it. You love it. It's a great one. Venom. <laughs> I'm gonna guess you clipped the mic because I heard no, I heard nothing, and then just laughing. Yes. Great. I'm glad my punchline landed. As I say, Far From Home is only like a year and a half, two years old. Is Venom is like okay. No, No Way Home is only no is only home. a yeah. year and a half old. Far From Home is still several years old and could have been it. Yeah, that's. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's Venom. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's really funny. Oh man, why Venom of all things? And this is come for someone who even likes who likes Venom. Why Venom of all things? Presumably because Sony 
doesn't really have a streaming platform for their stuff, and Disney was like, fine, we'll include it. Oh, God almighty. Can we put it in the MCU sec? No. No. (laughs) Get that out of here. What about Morbius? Absolutely not. Mm. You will have to pay us for Morbius. (laughs) Dear God. It's like, you know what? I don't think we need Morbius that hard. (laughs) We will put Morbius on Disney+, Plus, but you will have to give us back the Spider-Man rights. Mm. You have done irreparable damage to the brand. Right. And for that, you must be punished. So no, this is good. I mean, I already have all three on disc, but I'm pretty sure I have the first three on DVD rather than Blu-ray, so... This will presumably be a little, little nicer, a little crisper. I mean, ideally, I would hope that because I imagine movies have been re-released on Blu-ray. Blu-ray. It would be a shame if they were just left to their original image quality. Oh no, they have. Like they, they. I'm pretty sure they've absolutely been released on Blu-ray. It's just a matter of I need to replace them yet, and I haven't because there's so many other movies I still need to get. Right. Oh yeah, he's on Blu-ray. Yeah. So speaking of. I shouldn't say dumb Disney ideas, because we still don't know what happened. Right. Disney and Victoria Alonso have reached a settlement after they fired her last month. Really? We don't know anything else. Okay. Well, okay. I... We we barely know anything else. Per deadline, there was a multi-million dollar financial compensation. <laughs> Alright. But that's it. That is... The mystery still stays mysterious, I guess. Yeah, that's really unfortunate. I was really looking forward to finding out what the hell happened. Mm. But most likely, now that that's open and done and shut, we're never going to hear anything about this again. Right. Because I'd imagine part of the deal is probably Disney saying, you can't shit-talk us. Not with that attitude. (laughs) And then Disney's not going to say anything. Mm. Because they don't like to remind people that they make mistakes. Case in point, they buried in humans. Yeah, true. That is very true. Insanity. <laughs> yeah, there was that rumor that the thing that ultimately got her fired was refusing to take out the pride flags in Quantumania, which I certainly hope was not the case. I feel like that would be hilarious and really bad press given recent events with Disney. <laughs> oh, 100%. <laughs> Like, I have a hard time seeing that be the reason. No, guys, you don't understand. We're not homophobic. We just had to do this so it would release in Kuwait because we need that we need that little bit of extra money. Quantumania is not doing too good, don't you know? Mm. Lowest grossing Ant-Man movie of the bunch. <laughs> I'm gonna move on now. Yes. You remember Galaxy Quest? Vaguely. The not Star Trek movie that had Tim Allen and Sigourney Weaver and Alan Rickman? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that thing. <laughs> well, per Variety, it's getting a TV show. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, per Variety, currently the only member of the creative team officially attached is Mark Johnson. He was a producer on the original film and would be an executive producer on this potential series. They're very early mm. in development on it. No idea what it would be about, or if really it sounds like anybody was coming back. As I say, like, is there been any word about Tim Allen coming back? No idea. Originally in 2015, Amazon was working on a series version, but that stopped when Alan Rickman died. Mm. Which begs the question, assuming you do get the cast back, what are you gonna do with- what are you gonna do with Alan Rickman's character? Yeah. I- I don't know, this feels like a really- <sighs> mm-hmm. I don't- I don't know! 
I just don't know. Is it because all the Star Trek adaptations are really popping off? This one seems less necessary. Yeah. To say the least. I know that, like, it seems like every week we have a discussion about a movie adaptation being made and we go, this is unnecessary. Because nothing is necessary. But this one feels genuine, like, the least necessary, like, rehash out of all possible options. Yeah. Who knows, though? Maybe it's maybe it's the reboot or maybe it's a animated continuation. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Who even knows? Could be a remake in right. TV show form <laughs> for Paramount+. Plus. No, for Plus. What? Oh, Paramount Plus. <laughs> Never mind. No, that would be fun. Imagine if literally everybody else <laughs> followed HBO Max's lead and was like, we're dropping the thing that distinguishes us from everybody else. <laughs> Paramount Plus and Disney Plus get into a massive war over who gets to own the name Plus. I mean, they could just have the initials or like the first letter. So it's like D plus and P plus. Netflix just changes to X. <laughs> X plus. <laughs> Hulu is just ooh. Ooh, ooh. I don't even want to think about Peacock. <laughs> oh, God. Man, I don't either, and I've subscribed to Peacock, too. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I guess we'll see if anything comes out of this. I'm a, I am I, like the f- original Galaxy Quest movie very much, so I'll give it a mm. little bit of leeway, depending on what they decide to do with it, but I am not particularly enthused by this news. Right. And hey, now it's time for something that's near and dear to your heart once upon a time. <laughs> oh, God. Also per Variety, Louis Leterrier, director of Fast X, is going to be staying on to direct Fast uh, 11. The movie isn't even out yet! <laughs> yeah, but we already knew they were making 11. I know, but still! <laughs> it's like, can we wait for the first one to actually come out and do- I mean, great, the movie's probably going to print money in the box office, but still. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, this is probably them saying, yeah, we've got faith in this guy, we think Fast X is good, or at least that, you know, this guy can handle working with Vin Diesel and the rest of these prima donnas well enough that we can expect him to hang on for one more of these fucking things. We'll get into we'll get into that with the with the trailer, but oh boy! Oh my god, this new trailer! <laughs> oh man! So I guess good for him. I yeah. hope he's not getting aggressively bullied by Vin Diesel, <laughs> as one does. As one does, allegedly. <laughs> I guess he might as well just go right into the Fast X trailer, huh? It looks the bit the bit at the end looks so bad. <laughs> Which bit at the end? The one where the tankers explode. Oh, driving on the down dam. the dam. You're right. Oh my god, it's so fake. It looks so bad. <laughs> it's so fucking fake. I actually rewinded that part of the trailer because I'm like, there's no way that this is legit, right? Like, they didn't let it come out like this, and it's like, it happened again. Oh my god, this is so bad looking. Dom, your kid's going fuck. to die. <laughs> In fake fire. In fake-ass fire. <laughs> so this mostly looks awful, but I will admit, mm-hmm. I really like Jason Momoa's character now. <laughs> really? <laughs> what are we blowing up, boys? The Vatican? Alright, you're going to hell. <laughs> like, that's so fucking stupid, but... 
For <laughs> for me, it, in a similar vein, it was the bit where everyone's got their guns pointed at other, and I don't know what it is, but just the way he delivers his line, it's just like, sounds like the one kind of angsty nerd with a lisp. Uh, <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, it's just like, well, what are you going to do, Dom? What are you going to do? It's just like, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's like, I can't tell if he's being too serious or not taking this seriously in the slightest. Also, Tyrese going, you are not to be trusted like he's a fucking Dungeons and Dragons character. Yeah. And then Sean just fired back, you're not on my Christmas list either. And it's, I thought they were cool. I thought they were all yeah. cool or something. I think it's less that they're cool and more they don't hate each other slash they won't try to beat each other up on first meet with each other. Now. I guess it helps that Han's alive. Ah! Uh. Because <laughs> I assume, having not seen Fast 4, 5, 6, and 7, I, I, I assume that that was the main reason they hated Shaw, yeah? was He was allegedly he, responsible for killing Han? Yes, or at least it was... Uh, if I remember correctly, it's a thing of, like, he kills kills god i hate they did that and i hate they pulled a fucking tenant for that where it's mirrors like, yeah it's like how did that happen don't think too much about it fuck you no movie. fuck you actually how <laughs> show me on the doll where he escaped <laughs> oh god but yeah i haven't seen fast and furious seven or eight in forever so i barely remember them but yeah, I haven't seen eight until you can since you convinced us to go, and I walked out partway through and then walked back in. <laughs> in fairness, I did give both of you warning. Yeah, <laughs> and somehow the series did not lose me after that movie. Anyway, it took until nine. It took until nine. Yeah, if I remember correctly, because he basically, I, I want to say he more or less gloats about it at one point in Fast and Furious, either seven or eight. Oh yeah, in Fast and Furious eight, and that's what kind of. Starts it all, and then Fast and Furious 9 happens. Like, surprise, he's still alive. Mr. Nobody helped with mirrors. Or holograms or something. I don't fucking know. Holograms. I hate this series. (laughs) I'm probably going to go see this movie in theaters. I'm definitely watching Fast X. You kidding me? They put a car in space. They have my (laughs) undying curiosity now. Oh, God almighty. I've seen six of these fucking things at this point. I'm invested. Uh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Nah, it's fine. I'm sorry for what I have done. (laughs) I'm sorry for ruining the first one. (laughs) Oh, God almighty. Ugh. So there's some kind of bomb. There's some kind of bomb that... You know what? That's the part of the movie that I'm most curious about. What is this bomb? Because it's like, for this bomb to do that much damage to Vatican City and not have it be a nuclear weapon... I was like, oh, like, okay, what is this actually? <laughs> it's made of explodium. What do you want? Mm. So I'm guessing John Cena's gonna rescue the kid at some point and then die. Well, probably. But it probably will be mirrors. <laughs> so he can come back for Fast Stop. 11. <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> and that's gonna lead to Dom having to rescue his own kid, which is going to lead to that stupid-ass damn scene. Mm. That damn stupid scene, if you will. That scene. That damn scene. <laughs> also, apparently, Brie Larson is playing nobody's daughter or something. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. That's that's a weird one. I do have to admit, I do appreciate this series' ability to just pull, like, big-name actors and actresses that... Or at least they're not, like, like triple-A, but they're still high up, but you still wouldn't expect them to be in these movies. Yeah. 
still, even though I love her to bits, part of my brain just keeps on going, how did they pull Dame Helen Mirren for these yeah. movies? Yeah, what the fuck is <laughs> Helen Mirren doing in these? <laughs> and then apparently she knows Cardi B, who knows Dawn, and it's never brought up? <laughs> what the fuck was that? Yeah. That was offensive to me, because I genuinely that- thought this was something from a previous movie that I missed, and when you told me no, I was just incensed. Yeah, no, I was just like, what the fuck is Cardi B As doing As if there's here, not enough like- fucking shit in these things. <laughs> just Cardi B out of nowhere, huh? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> guess Cardi B is there. Thanks, Joyride. Oh, yes. I guess we'll see, since this is out, what is it, th- th- this next month? May? Oh, is it? I think. Oh, God. All yeah, right. we don't have a lot of time if I'm gonna... Well, I don't have a lot of time if I'm gonna watch the, uh... Yeah. Next four. I need to bring Fast X at some... Or Fast 4 at some point. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, May 19th. Fuck, we have less than Seriously? a month. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, oh, God. Okay, Shit. yeah, I guess we need to... I guess we kind of need to hightail them a little or bit Or we need there. to just watch them not during movie night. True. Oh, man. Seems like a week of mid-horror trailers. Hmm. <laughs> What, By which, which I mean one? we got two. Oh, okay. Because we got, we got a new trailer for The Boogeyman. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah, mid. <laughs> I will say, like, for that trailer, when they were doing the whole light experiment thing, I was just like, oh god, are they gonna make the psychiatrist lady the fucking Boogeyman Okay, right <laughs> can I just say, uh, that psychiatrist is the opposite of comforting? Yeah, no, that psychiatrist is pure, is, is deranged. It's just you, your <laughs> sister, and me, and she's just got this yeah. overwide smile on her face. No, <laughs> that is not comforting. That is the opposite of reassuring. Stop doing that. Yeah, I thought she was possessed by the boogeyman. I, I thought that's where I was going to go, but even still, I was like, lady, you should be in handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> you should not have your license to help children because you're just traumatizing them further. <laughs> That's the most thing that stuck out to me about the whole thing, and it's the beginning. They show more of the boogeyman and still just kind of play up the whole, like, he's not real. Bitch, yes, he is. Or at least in this movie. (laughs) At least it seems like they have this, they're definitely going to have the sister believer at least, so that's nice, because the boogeyman apparently attacks her. (laughs) That (laughs) just slams the door open. Can I just, speaking of things that look fake as fuck, I mean, yeah, I know it's like you can't make it look perfect, considering what it is, but it is just thinking, like, I'm serious, leave me alone, just, like, bust through the door like the Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah! (laughs) I was just like, alright, sure. (laughs) If anything, this trailer made me less tense about the movie and almost honestly it kind of made me go i almost want to see this now <laughs> yeah because it doesn't look especially scary just kind of just kind of a little ridiculous some things happen and that's it mm-hmm. not an awful lot of tension yeah except maybe the part at the very end where and only then because i'm worried about the little girl oh yeah i was just like no man don't, don't do that her. to the little girl yeah for real don't you do that that's bad mm. form <laughs> When does this one come out? I forget. I need to, I need to reacquaint myself. June 2nd. Okay. Hmm. Alright then. <laughs> I'll pro- I'm, I might try to go see that one. Right. If only so I can- If only so I can make fun of it later. <laughs> we also got a trailer for Insidious the Red Door. I don't know what this is. Me neither. Apparently there are four other Insidiouses before then. 
Yeah, I saw that. I did like a quick search on it. I was like, what is this? And it's like, there's five of these movies? Okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I might try to catch up on those and try to go see this one. I make no promises because this also... Admittedly, part of it's I don't have context, but I feel like even with context, some of this would be aggressively silly. Yeah. Like that one Darth Maul looking ass. <laughs> you know the one I'm talking about. Yeah. Tell me that guy ain't just a spitting image of Ray Park. I feel like this movie would be very infuriating for me, just because like of all the bits. It's like, we've been keeping secrets from you, but it suppresses our memories. It's like... Oh, I feel like I'm already gonna hate this. <laughs> am I being gaslit? Is there secretly a is there secretly some kind of demonic dead boogeyman in my life? Wouldn't it be something if there's like a gaslighting like monster movie or something like that? I feel like that's gotta already exist. Hmm. Oh wait, I mean technically, if we're talking the Invisible Man. Oh yeah, that's a. I mean, okay, then yeah. The never... real monster there is people. True. Well, more specifically, the real monster there is an abusive boyfriend. So kind of like Renfield. Right. Uh, <laughs> took you a sec, huh? Yeah, it did. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I have definitely watched this. It's like, this doesn't look like a movie. This looks like a trailer for like a, a streaming miniseries. Yeah, this feels like American Horror Story on its last legs. Yeah, this is this one is definitely mid. Especially that, okay, one of the lines that sticks with me in the whole thing is, when you awaken the dead, the further you go, the more perilous it'll become. What does that even fucking mean? What does it mean? <laughs> what does any of that mean? Yeah, it's just like, that statement is like, okay, I like how this is a very intense statement that says absolutely nothing. It's like as if we're trying to make a scary moment created by chat GPT. <laughs> You know what? That's that's a good way to put that. <laughs> Honestly, this could kind of be a chat GPT of a trailer. Mm. Maybe it makes more sense with context. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I'm a big horror fan. Maybe I'll try to watch <laughs> the Insidiouses. I've watched four Evil Deads. What's four Insidii? Have fun with that. I will. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. How easy is it to stream mm. these things? <laughs> one sec. Maybe I'll go home and watch one while I'm editing. Mm. Fuck me, it's HBO Max! <laughs> no, it's Max. Shit! <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. Uh, Am I gonna rent this? I'll rent it. Hmm. I'll do that instead of giving Warner Brothers my money. Fair enough. Wait, is this Warner Brothers? I don't think so. No, no, it's Sony. Right, of course, it had to be Sony, because they've got that fucking obnoxious thing where it's like, trailer starts now in front of the trailer. Every that... fucking Sony one does that. <laughs> and you know what it's for, it's just so they can attach it to fucking everything. Like, ads before YouTube videos or what have you, and still have that little snazzy bit, instead of, you know, having a separate trailer. This is a total apropos from the current um, trailer discussion, but have you seen the one that they've been doing for The Flash? No? There's one that I've been seeing pop up late over the last couple of days, because I guess there's a new Flash trailer that's coming out tomorrow. Oh yeah, CinemaCon's and... happening. We'll have to cover that next yeah. week. And then, so like yesterday I was getting ads on YouTube on, on like my Xbox saying, Flash trailer on April 25th, in the same style as, like, where it's, like, trailer starts now. Yeah. I was just like, is this really how far we've fallen? (laughs) 
now we're now we're doing drawn out protracted announcements for trailers. What is that? Yeah. We're doing long ass dramatic protracted announcements for the announcements. <laughs> Infuriating. Mm. So yeah, uh, that also looks very middle of the road. Yeah, but I guess we'll see, or at least mm-hmm. I probably will. Right. And the last trailer isn't really much of a trailer. It's more of a title reveal, I guess. Yeah. And it's Godzilla X Kong, the new empire. Oh no! Wait, I'm sorry. That's Godzilla Ten Kong. Godzilla. <laughs> Godzilla got ten on Kong. Ten what? Don't matter. No, they start getting in a fight, and then Dominic Toretto pulls up and goes, No, listen, your family. Uh, don't will it into <laughs> existence, please. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. The only thing I have seen that has made that joke work even halfway well was Shazam 2. <laughs> what, you don't like the Star Wars meme with nothing stronger than family? Uh, no. No, I don't. Oh, I see. <laughs> I mean, granted, I haven't seen the meme, but it already sounds insufferable. So it looks like the villain for this movie is going to be Lanky Kong, I guess? <laughs> Just an uncomfortably long-limbed orangutan-looking thing. Yeah. That apparently killed Godzilla and Kong, and just threw their skulls into a bone pile. Man, I really... <laughs> what? I wasn't sure if Lanky Kong was... I forgot that Linky Kong was an N64 character. Oh, you character. looked it up, huh? <laughs> yes, I did. So I was like, wait, I don't remember to being a Linky Kong in the Monsters universe. It's just like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, but tell me that's not him. A, a little bit, yeah. 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 I knew he was evil. Mm. All along. I don't know. It looks interesting, but so do all the movies, all the monster movies, and then it usually ends up being focused around the people who are the worst part. So... I mean, he has no style, he has no grace, this Kong has a funny face. Fair. He can handstand when he needs to- I I, I forget how that section goes, so uh... (laughs) I'm gonna just not. No, I really like the legendary slash- yeah, the legendary Entertainment Monster movies, I like the Monsterverse, Kong Skull Island Mm. was great, Godzilla Mm. 2014 was pretty damn good. King of the Monsters was really good, and Godzilla vs. Kong was a hell of a lot of fun. I still haven't seen the first one. You didn't see the 2014 one? No, the Godzilla vs. Kong movie. Oh, fuck, I gotta fix that. Yeah, I think that was, I think that was one of those ones where we were trying to plan for it, and it just didn't work out. Yeah, no, I gotta fix that then. I gotta show you that movie. That's a good movie. Mm. Okay. I'm not gonna say anything else about it. Okay. <laughs> I just I think it was good. <laughs> no, wait, I covered it on the MMAs. I forget yeah, what I did. Oh, well. Mm. All the more reason to rewatch it. God, I Indeed. hate that I watch so many things I can't remember what I thought of things. Yeah, that's that's scary, dude. <laughs> Goldfish brain, man. Mm, fair. It's what happens when you have to balance it with a 9 to 5. I mean, I have a goldfish brain, too. It just comes up in different ways. Fair. Let's talk box office. Alrighty. So the question remains, did we see the highest grossing domestic movie of this weekend? And the answer is yes, two weeks ago. Yeah, I was going to say, like, oh, I thought you would have. <laughs> or is it, was it For two weeks w- ago? Whenever mm. Mario came out. However long ago that oh, was. Okay. Oh, it's been two weeks. Okay, then it was Mario. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking up a thing. Okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry, I wasn't expecting that pause in just a fuck. <laughs> okay, so the Super Mario Brothers movie took in $59.9 million domestically this weekend. It's currently sitting at a roughly $436 million domestic total and $875 million worldwide. Obviously, Ooh. its streak as highest grossing movie of the year so far has not been interrupted yet. Hmm. Might not be for a while, honestly. Yeah, no. If this hits a billion, I'm gonna freak the fuck out. Yeah, if this hits a billion, that'll be insane. Which means, it, I mean, it's gonna, probably. Mm-hmm. But still, that's just fucking crazy. Second place, Evil Dead Rise. Okay. Sitting at $24.5 million domestically this weekend and in total for a $42.4 million worldwide total. Mm. And that's against a 15 to $19 million budget, so it's actually already making some money back just on the first weekend alone, from the sound of it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Excellent. And I think, originally they were just going to chuck it on HBO Max. So, I'm glad that they didn't, I suppose. Yeah, no, that was a smart idea. Hmm. Third place, I'm actually kind of surprised by this one. Third place is The Covenant. Okay. Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Hmm. So far, no worldwide release information. Apparently, internationally, it was released on Amazon Prime Video. So... What? Yeah. What? Okay. $6.3 million domestically this weekend. Hmm. Against a $55 million budget. Nope. Doomed. (laughs) Absolutely doomed. (laughs) Better hope them Prime rentals are strong. Oh, yeah. Fourth place, we got John Wick Chapter 4. Okay. $5.8 million domestic weekend, currently sitting at $168.9 million domestically for a $358.5 million worldwide total. And fifth place, there seems to be a bit of a race here. It's not 100% clear based on the information I'm looking at. It's either Air Courting a Legend or it's Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves. Okay. Because one source I'm looking at says that Dungeons & Dragons... Air is consistent. Air made about $5.448 million. But one source I'm looking at says Dungeons & Dragons made 5.4, another says 5.5. Hmm. So I'm just going to split the difference and say they're both in fifth place. It's a tie. Yeah, hooray. Good job, guys. Hmm. So, assuming Dungeons and Dragons is in fifth place, it's sitting at $82.2 million domestically for roughly $178 million worldwide. I think its budget was still like 150 mil, so. Oof. Yeah, that's not great. Hmm. And then Air, assuming it has that $5.4 million total domestically, is sitting at $41.7 million domestically for a $68.8 million domestic total, but I believe its budget was also, like, $55 million or something. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that one was originally not going to release at all on in theaters. Oh. Mm. One has to wonder, huh? Yeah. Oh, no, wait, its budget was between 20 to $30 million. Okay, as I say, that's a lot more reasonable. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> I'm getting different things from different places, alright? We're getting mixed signals, and you haven't even taken the movies out on a date or something. Uh- <laughs> it's much worse than I thought, according to Wikipedia at least. Apparently the budget was 70 to 90. Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, yeah, alright. Well, that's doomed. Mm. One has to wonder what they were gonna do if they didn't release it in theaters. Yeah, no. Maybe that's why they released it in theaters. Mm. Budget went out of control, and it's like, nope, we gotta do it. <laughs> ah, I shouldn't. I shouldn't speculate. I haven't seen the movie. For all I know, the movie... I've heard it's a good movie. Yeah, same. I just don't feel like I've got two hours to kill to watch Ben Affleck and Matt Damon and Jason Bateman talk about shoes. <clears throat> Unfortunately, that does mean the movie that we both saw this weekend, Chevalier, did not make the top 
five. Uh, from what I could tell domestically this weekend, it was in 11th place. Oh, God. Yeah. Mm. I, I can see it, though, I guess, because it's not really... It's not a very wide-appeal movie. No, not really. Especially because even though it's the point of the movie, it is about somebody who historically isn't very well-known. Yeah. Should we talk about Chevalier first, or should I talk about Evil Dead first, do you think? I feel like Evil Dead would probably be better to talk about first. Yeah, all right. Like that, pro- that one's probably the more interesting of the two. Uh, yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't have an awful lot to say about Chevalier, I guess we might as well save it for last. Okay. So, I saw Evil Dead Rise, and it was, uh, I have a note here, massively discomforting in all capital letters. <laughs> I am so glad I didn't see this movie. <laughs> no, you should be. It's very unpleasant. There's a lot of gore, mm. there's some projectile vomiting, mm. and they don't cut away from that either. Oh, really? No, it just happens, and they just linger on it. Oh, okay. <laughs> There's some really uh, stupid protagonist decisions in this. As is horror movie tradition. As is frustrating horror movie tradition, because you, <laughs> you actually have characters saying, no, don't do that, do it anyway. Hmm. Oh, what a thing. Actually, some, some very human stuff here, which I guess shouldn't be too surprising, because the Evil Dead movies do have some more, for as cartoony as they can get, they have some more very realistic reactions of people in these situations. Okay. No, this took a turn, because I sat through all four of the previous ones leading up to it. I shouldn't say sat through, because I had a decent time. But it was definitely yeah. a case of, the first one, pretty good. I remember that one, decently f- terrifying as well. Second one gets funnier. Third one <laughs> is almost just straight up a fucking comedy. <laughs> that's the boomstick one, right? Yeah, that's a, this is my boomstick. Good, bad, I'm the guy with the gun. Mm. That sort of stuff. Groovy. Indeed it was. <laughs> and then the fourth one just took a fucking turn in a f- Spooksville. What an just an uncomfortable f- fucking absolute nightmare fest. Un mm. just f- facial mutilation and shit. It was just fucking unsettling. And this continues that fine tradition set by the fourth one. It <laughs> is kind of hard to watch. From what I've gathered, this movie, because I did spoil myself a little bit, because I did read up on, like, what people were saying about it. The takeaway I got is that, compared to, like, other movies, especially other, like, contemporary horror movies, this movie has very little chill. Oh, yeah. But, no, you know what? (laughs) Actually, uh, it takes a surprisingly long time to get going. Mm. It takes a bit after the opening scene for the actual killing and gore to start. So that's decently impressive. Really? Yeah, no, actually, hmm. it, it, it takes a while to actually develop some of the characters and at least get you to care about some of them. Hmm. So that was neat. So, non-spoiler breakdown of the movie. One lady who is a guitar technician goes to visit her sister because mm-hmm. she has found out she is pregnant and needs advice. Come to find out, her sister is in the middle of separating from her husband and also having to move out of their condemned to be demolished apartment building hmm. while raising three kids. Oh, Jesus. With no help from the dad. Oh, Jesus. And then the Book of the Dead gets involved. <laughs> and things go horrifically wrong. Oh, boy. And I mean horrifically wrong. <laughs> oh, man. Mm. There is there is some stuff in here. The stuff that I was prepared for from the trailer, not... 
terrible. I'm guessing nothing compared to what's in the rest of the No, there was, it was pretty uncomfortable, but I was braced for it, you know? Stuff like Hmm. someone getting their scalp ripped off or getting a cheese grater taken to the leg. Yeah, okay, I was prepped for that. Mm -hmm. But there's a few bits where it's like, ah, no, you know, I was not, (laughs) I was not really ready for that one. Mm. And it's hard to get into, I will say, without spoilers, I'm a little bit disappointed because this movie simultaneously goes harder than I was expecting, but I feel like it kind of chickens out at the end, a little bit. Mm. Not Oh, really? Chickens out isn't the right word, but it for something where a lot of what a lot of things that I wasn't expecting to happen happen, there was one where I was like, okay, this is the logical conclusion, right? Nope, doesn't doesn't happen. And I'm not mm. saying that's bad, but I am saying it's weird to me. Do you think it's a thing of someone who's like putting the movie together and say like, hey, hey, guys, look, look. I know this is an Evil Dead movie, and that the whole point of this movie is to go hard as fuck when it comes to, like, the killing and the violence and the evilness, but you ever think maybe we were going a little too hard? Maybe we should, like, dial it back just a second so people can, like, not be, like, completely petrified? <laughs> we still need like, people to see things? this movie, guys. We still need yeah. people to see this movie. <laughs> we still need people to come into the movie. Do you think it was, like, one of those type of deals? Yeah, I could see it maybe being a studio note. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or it could just be a, we can't go that far, not realizing that. Yeah, maybe it could have. I'm not saying you should have. Yeah. But you could have. <laughs> You've already come this far. Why stop now? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Mm. The supporting cast is awfully thin, but I mean, to be fair, the real focus is on the family. Mm-hmm. There's some pretty decent action. And then there's one thing where... I'd call it gratuitous fan service for people who have seen The Evil Dead, but I, I can't call it gratuitous, because if I hadn't seen The Evil Deads, I wouldn't have noticed or cared. Right. So, yeah, it's it's fan service, but it's... And not the not the sexy kind, either. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, like, I imagine it's not anything that... No, nothing in this movie is the sexy kind. Okay, I was going to say, I, I can't see there anything that in this movie that gets one's j- jimmies tented up. If it does, so... no judgment, but maybe talk to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> no shame. Yes. No shame. Everyone's got their thing, but probably should seek a professional. A little bit. Just a suggestion. It's like, you know, I'm sure you're fine. There's other people who are into this. If you have friends who are into this, tell them to seek a professional with you. Just say. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to get into spoilers of that. It's hard to talk about it without getting into spoilers. So I'm going to say, yeah, it's worth watching if you can handle gore. I think I'm better with gore than the majority of other people that we regularly inter- intersect with, but even in the trailer, it's like, yeah, I'm not seeing this. No. <laughs> but I also will say, it's, I feel a little closer to the other Evil Deads than the fourth one, mm. but only in the sense that there's maybe a little more comedy involved. Right. It, it doesn't lean as comedy horror as Evil Dead 2 or 3, for example. Well, I shouldn't say 2 because, or 3 because it's Army of free is basically a, yeah, free is basically a parody from the bits I've seen. Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. So I, I'd, I'd rate it somewhere between like the first one and the fourth one. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay. I'm not about to rewatch all these again <laughs> just to prove it. Hmm. So yeah, I'd say it's it's worth a watch. It's a good time if you can handle if you can handle gore and some other disgusting stuff. Otherwise. No, absolutely not. If you have a weak constitution, do not see this movie. Mm. Not in the slightest. And if you don't want to get spoiled for Evil Dead Rise, make sure to click away, 
and click, if you want to hear our thoughts on Chevalier, click ahead to that part, because spoilers for Evil Dead Rise are coming in 3, 2, 1. So that lakeside cabin bit hmm. is actually the intro. What, the bit where she's, like, floating over the water? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because that's an actually entirely different set of people. Really? Yeah, that's the intro, where the one girl gets her scalp ripped off, and... Huh. <laughs> um, still uncomfortable as heck. And then it flashes back to one day earlier, so I spent the whole movie going, how is this gonna... <laughs> it's like, how is this supposed to work? Yeah, that's what I was wondering the whole time. Mm. You end up finding out at the very end of the movie, because it turns out that the girl who got possessed at the start of the movie was actually a tenant of that apartment building and got possessed by the lingering evil spirits or whatever... Mm-hmm. As she was leaving to go on that cabin trip. Mm. But, uh, no, yeah, when Ellie, the sister with the kids, first gets possessed, she just starts fucking projectile vomiting all over the floor. Very oh, disgusting. It's like a whole fucking pool. It's like somebody spilled an entire gallon of clam chowder. Oh. Disgusting. Oh, no. The middle child, I assume he's the middle child, Danny. Uh, he mm-hmm. caught interminable dumb horror movie protag syndrome. Oh, that's unfortunate. Oh, yeah, so what happens is an earthquake, because they live in Los Angeles, you see. Or at least <laughs> in California. Right. An earthquake ends up unearthing a secret vault in the basement of the apartment complex as the kids are coming back from getting pizza. And despite the threat of aftershocks and whatever, and his older sister, I assume older sister, I don't remember. I don't remember if Bridget or Danny is older, I just know Cass is the younger one. But Mm -hmm. Danny ends up going into the vault, finds this book with teeth and records and decides, yeah, I'm going to grab these because he's like some kind of music guy. He does he does a lot of remixing and stuff. And there's an MF Doom sticker on his on his setup, which was very funny. And I thought you'd appreciate it. Oh, God, now I'm conflicted (laughs) because it's like I do appreciate that reference. But then it's also like, man, why does it have to be the dumbass that makes everything go to shit? (laughs) Yeah, so then he plays the record and Bruce Campbell is a voiceover cameo as the priest who was like, I think we could use this book to eradicate evil and I'm going to read from its passages. Turn the flip side. I've made a terrible mistake. Mm. This is a very bad idea. I probably (laughs) should have. I probably should have written down, play this one first. Okay. But, you know, I'm a fucking idiot. That's why I read from the Book of the Damned. Hmm. And then his mom ends up getting possessed, and she becomes the first Deadite, and she kills a bunch of the neighbors. Oh, boy. She actually bites one guy's eye out, and then spits it into another kid's mouth, and he chokes to death on it. (laughs) Oh! Oh, my God! And it was framed a little comedically. Holy shit! <laughs> that is, fuck, that's insane. <laughs> and then she kills his younger brother, and we don't see how she does it, but we then see him fly into a... Because you, you see it unfold through, like, the peephole of the apartment door, because they locked her out. Mm. And you see the kid go flying into a door corner, and he's missing his arms now. Oh, God. Yeah, no, kids don't live through this. Well, except Cass, which, oh. is, which is the part okay. that, like... They killed Bridget and Danny, but then Cass lives, and I feel like, I'm not saying that's chickening out, but I am saying it would have been real shocking if you'd had a dead-eyed little girl. I mean, shit, it's like the fact that they killed kids in general. (laughs) 
I feel like movies try to do everything they can to avoid showing that. I was pleasantly surprised because I wrote down very early on, Danny deserves to die, so he probably won't. (laughs) Holy shit. And it's actually kind of interesting because throughout the whole movie, Beth, the one who's pregnant and doesn't have kids currently, Mm -hmm. keeps making poor decisions. Oh, she's the one with, like, the short bowl cut, right? Yeah. Okay. She's making poor and honestly kind of selfish decisions. Mm. for a good chunk of the movie. Like, when Ellie first starts attacking, they lock the apartment door, she doesn't let anybody else in, and it gets them killed. Mm. Which, yeah, you know what? Relatable. (laughs) It's like, objectively shitty, but understandable. Objectively (laughs) shitty, but also objectively correct. Yes. (laughs) But then, when she goes to check up on somebody else, she ends up leaving two of the kids by themselves. The younger one and somebody else. I don't remember. I don't remember exactly what happens, but it does result in the younger one getting attacked. Mm. Right, because Bridget ends up getting turned because she got a scratch or a bite or something from her mom, and she ends up oh. just barfing out a bunch of like worms or something. Oh God! And it actually it, it was pretty fucking dark because that she's the one who ends up eating glass, and the deadite possessed her is like I need to get rid of the thing in my tummy. Oh. Just taunting her aunt, which is really fucking, ah, that part was good and unsettling. (laughs) Also, Cass is weird. She cuts the head off a doll and puts it on a stick and calls it Staphne. (laughs) Wait, no, you say that she's weird. This is the best little girl. (laughs) And she ends up accidentally impaling her deadite possessed older sister through the mouth with it. This sounds like the best little girl in the movie. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, she was like, Staffney will protect us. And then when that happened, I just thought, and protect them, Staffney did. <laughs> I'm a little confused as to how the deadites work in this, because it seems like you can get infected from scratches or what have you. But at one point, Beth and Cassie both get absolutely fucking soaked in blood. Hmm. And I assume they have to have at least gotten some of it in their mouth or in, like, an open wound or something. But neither of them turn. I take it that's, like, the shining scene from the trailer. Yeah, that's the shining bit. But you actually get to see the elevator filling up with blood. Oh, shit. It was very uncomfortable. Ooh. Oh, and then at the very end of the movie, uh, several of the Deadites end up actually flesh merging into some kind of unholy abomination. Oh, fun. Yeah, no, it was absolutely disgusting. Yeah, because it's like, they go, it's like, you know... This movie hasn't had enough nightmare fuel. No, Why don't we have a grand finale? (laughs) Yeah, it's the mom and the two kids who are deadites end up merging into some weird flesh monstrosity. Oh no. Yeah, it was was horrible. That's god almighty. They end up getting hacked with a a wood chipper and a chainsaw. (laughs) Which is the almost gratuitous moment, but again, it's one of those things where it's like, I only notice because I've watched the Evil Dead movies and I know Ash has a chainsaw for a hand and... Yeah, as I say, like, it seems like chainsaws are a staple for this series. Yeah. Also, a shotgun. There's a shotgun in this movie. Doesn't do anybody oh. a whole lot of good, though. Oh, is it like a double-barreled shotgun, at least? I think it was, yes. Okay, then it's, it's at least a proper callback, even if it's useless. You also really feel that you have to bend over backwards to justify how they end up in this position. Mm-hmm. Because you get stuff like, oh, the, the complex is scheduled for demolition, so, you know, it's already shitty and... The electricity goes out easy, and the stairs all collapse when an earthquake happens. And also, mm. network reception is really shitty, and it's raining outside, and the only way out in the fire escape is through a locked door, I guess, somehow. Because it's a what shitty fucking fuck? building. 
It's, Why are there people living in this building? <laughs> presumably because rent's cheap. Hmm. So yeah, that takes some that takes some bending over backwards and some hoop jumping. Right. Yeah, I think that about sums this up. It's it, it takes some hoop jumping <laughs> and some dumb horribly protagonistosity, but it's still a good time if you're into that. Which I don't know that I am, but oh boy. I will say your description has kind of made me go, okay, I'm now significantly more interested in seeing this, but still not nearly enough for me to actually sit down and watch it. Fair enough. <laughs> Does this sound a lot more interesting? Yes. Am I actually going to watch it? Fuck no. <laughs> Let's talk Chevalier. Let's talk Chevalier. Do you want me to give the description on this or at least attempt to? Yeah, if you feel like it. Okay, cool. So I, I, I will attempt to. So the story of the Chevalier. This is a... The movie's a, a historical drama based on the life of Joseph... I'm going to butcher this man's last name. Joseph Bo- Bologne? Bologne? Bologna? I think it's Bologna. Bologna? That sounds about right. Anyway, I'm just going off is... of Bolognese. <laughs> but I think that's Italian? Well, yeah, I think that's more Italian than anything else. But anyway, basically he is a French-Caribbean violinist, and the movie is a story... is a very... If we're being completely honest, very Hollywood retelling of, like, his life, his time showing his prowess as a talented violinist and composer, and becoming infamous in the French, like, celebrity circle, and regularly, like, having fun times with the highest ends of French social life, including one very adorable Marie Antoinette. But during the entire time that this this is happening, the beginnings of the French Revolution are also happening around him. People are processing in the street and are try, and that's also a major part of the movie because his life and the history of the French Revolution, if if we're being honest, kind of accidentally coincide with one another. So, yeah, but that's like the general description of the movie, I would say. I, I enjoyed this. It's interesting when this movie was announced because it was like, okay, this is very much a me movie. But I have no idea who the hell this guy is. <laughs> Same. And I also had no idea what a Chevalier was. And I still didn't until after the movie. So mm-hmm. when they make a whole big deal about it, I just thought to myself, boy, this would probably be a lot more impactful if I bothered to look up what a Chevalier was before I watched this. <laughs> right. I don't know. It's one of those weird things where I like this movie. I liked it quite a bit. It's a combination of I don't feel like there's not a lot to talk about without spoiling pretty decent parts. Because it is just like... Of retelling of his life. There's no, like, o- real major overarching plot, at least for the most part. It's just a retelling of, like, his life, his t- time trying to really establish himself in the musical and social circle of Paris, while also with him being uh, French Caribbean, balancing with, you know, being a black person in France in the 1700s. Because France is well, the entire world at this time, still not crazy about black people. <laughs> I'd say I'd say there's a bit of a plot. Yeah, uh, they're, they're fair. The plot is basically him getting involved in the revolution, or getting to the point where he decides to take a stand. Okay, you know what, that's fair. It was one of those things where it's like, I did kind of want to talk about that, but I wasn't sure how much of that is spoilery. <laughs> uh, it's a historical drama, you know? I feel like the details of the movie are more important than the overall picture. Fair. Is how I'd put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I don't know what else to talk about. <laughs> there are some aggressively sad moments. There are a lot of... Okay, yes, that is definitely what something to talk about. There are some very 
aggressively sad moments because the thing about this is that because of his upbringing and all that, I mean, I feel like this is fair to talk about since he since this is a historical drama. This man is a bastard child, right? Specifically, he in the literal sense, not in the yeah, no, in the he's a smarmy bastard, but he's (laughs) he is a very smarmy bastard, and it's very entertaining in its own right. But no, he's literally like his mom's black. Actually, was a slave and was. And his father, it was his mom's slave master. I think it doesn't take a lot of creativity to kind of put two and two together there. You know what? Smarmy <laughs> wasn't the right word. Because mm-hmm. Smarmy is like overly flattering. And he's not really one to flatter other people so much as he is to uh, emphasize his own ability. He does indeed believe that he is the big shit. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and I mean, he can back it up pretty much. Yeah, he, he regularly backs up that he is to be the big shit. But he does very much believe that he is the big shit. <laughs> very good at the humble brag. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I will say, I guess talking more about the actual movie aspect, everyone in this I was I very much enjoyed. Even the people who were, like, moderately insufferable. Oh, yeah. Like Marie Antoinette. Like Marie Antoinette. Lucy Boynton, I, I apologize if I got your last name right, she does a really great job of being, like, You apologize kinda... if you got it right. <laughs> Oh, did I get it right? No, you said I apologize if I got it right. (laughs) Oh, if I got it wrong, sorry. (laughs) She does a really good job of kind of doing this thing with Maria Antoinette where she is very airheaded and ditzy, but also, like, kind of cute until the moments in the end of the movie where she stops being cute. (laughs) And just turns into off with her head. Yeah, which is... Although it's moderately unfortunate because, while I'm not very familiar with the overall story of Marie Antoinette, this portion of world history is one of my weaker subjects, especially anything to do with the French Revolution, if I'm being completely honest. But when that bit happens, I'm just like, sweetie, I can't take you seriously. I'm sorry. (laughs) Samara Weaving's really good as Marie Josephine. Oh, yes. And of course, Kelvin Harrison Jr. also does a great job as the Chevalier, carrying himself Mm. as a man who is definitely... A confident, boring, unarrogant sort, but it's because he's got something to prove, and you can see the pain behind it. Yeah, and it's also a thing of, like, he constantly has something to prove, because the moment that he doesn't, it all falls apart. No one may tear down an excellent Frenchman. Which, that is a line that I appreciated quite a bit, because something that France, both historically and while less of a degree, it's still there contemporarily... Something that France kind of struggles with is when someone is and isn't French. I remember this getting brought up when they entered the World Cup several years ago. Actually, what ha- what the reason why I know about this is because apparently a member of the French government actually got very pissed off at Trevor Noah, of all people. Because during like a taping of The Daily Show, Trevor Noah mentioned how the guys on the French soccer team who won them the World Cup were all of African descent, and how them being African doesn't get brought up. And he actually got a very angry letter from a member of the French government talking about how, like, when they won, they were French. <laughs> all right. Yeah, and it's like, it's the thing of like, okay, I think I can get what they're saying, but it's like, it can be both. But yeah, basically, French France has historically had this issue of, if someone's doing something great for the country or really good, then they're French. In, yeah, in the name of France, that they're fr- French. At the moment that it's not no longer needed or it's not as beneficial as it once was, 
them being French is not as important anymore. Yeah, I feel like that, when they won that game, they were French. I feel like that would mean more if it came from the players, rather than the, <laughs> you know, the French yeah, government. Not, yeah, <laughs> like, if, that was the point, is he being communicated, and... If the players said, yeah, no, when we won this, we're French, that's what matters, mm-hmm. and then the government backed them up, that would be one thing, but having the government go, no, they're French, it's just like, <laughs> uh-huh, all right, settle down, Jean-Paul. Yeah, and that was one of those things, I don't know if the movie did it on purpose, but if they, that's what they were going for, I think they did a very good job, <laughs> because that has historically been something that France, from a, like in a social aspect, has not been great with. Yeah. So I like that line a lot, and it very much, even though it's just one line, it just solidifies everything about how Joseph has to solidify who he is as a person, as an artist, as like a prodigy, what have you. Because, you know, they at this point in history especially, France really, really, really cares about its glo- about its place on the planet. Yeah. Like, it is, like, a major superpower, and they do not want even the slightest thing to disrupt that. What are your, like, non-spoilery thoughts? I liked it. Mm-hmm. I feel like there were some cryable moments in it, but it was also, it honestly felt a little tame, almost. Like, mm. but I should say tame, but in a... From a movie standpoint, you know? Because, I mean, a lot of the dialogue is hard to listen to. Oh, yeah. Not in the sense of hard to understand, but in the sense of some of the racist shit coming out of these people's mouths is fucking infuriating. (laughs) Yeah. You know what's funny is that in the theater, like, no one was, like, being a dick or anything in the theater, but in the theater, when some of that stuff would be said, like, some of the people that were, like, off to our side were just like, (gasps) I'm just like, mmm, and they're just like, mmm, and I'm just like, yeah, man. <laughs> that's rough, buddy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, that's, it's like, I'm just sitting there like, yeah, that's kind of how it was. <laughs> First time? <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> I'm just like completely like not affected in the slightest because I'm like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not going to say used to it, but that's what I expected. <laughs> so you know what? Actually, I'd say the... I'd say the way they handled it actually works to the movie's credit, because it's like, yeah, that was just fucking normal. Mm-hmm. That's just fucking how things went. That's disgusting. Yeah, no, it is. It's, there's really not a great way to say this, but if there's a meeting, White anything people. that's like, yeah. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> there's not really a great way to say this, but whether it be a game, a movie, or a show, or whatever, if one thing I can, that gets a weird level of appreciation for me is that if it's dealing, if it's like taking place in a period where human rights were not universal, and arguably they still aren't, and it was like a particular time where there was a noticeable lack of human rights for a certain section of the populace because of what they looked like, and the f- piece of media makes it feel totally normal, I kind of like that. Yeah. Because it also, because when you stop and think about it, you realize how good a job they did of normalizing it and be like, Oh, this is how it was, wasn't it? It's like, yeah. (laughs) Okay, you know, one thing I was surprised by, in Mm -hmm. general, and I'm not a big classical music fan, so this might be a failing of my part, Mm -hmm. except for moments where he's playing directly to show somebody up, Mm -hmm. the music didn't really stand out that much to me. Yeah, it didn't. I felt like the it's one of those weird things where for a movie about a famous musician, there's not a lot of music. But at the same time, I felt like the bits where there are music are used for when it's more 
noticeable and more hard to ignore. It is for a very important reason. Yeah. Like one bit towards the bit towards the end that like kind of sets up the la- the final act of the movie. When that really starts ramping up, it's like, oh, okay, here we go. And it's it's one of those weird things where I don't know if I like that or hate that. Like, it's used really well, but it is like, you know, for a movie about a famous musician, kind of figured it'd be more music overall. Yeah, that was a little surprising. Mm-hmm. I was kind of expecting more... I guess I was expecting it to be more spectacular. Bold, if yeah. you will. <laughs> <laughs> Some very quotable lines in this movie, though. Very quotable lines. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking of the one, but I, yep. I feel like that one's a spoiler. <laughs> we should probably save that one. Oh, yes. No, I like this, and mm-hmm. I hate to say it about a movie where the whole point is that it's about a musician who got who, who didn't get the respect that they were deserved or the historical covers they deserved because of fucking bullshit and mm-hmm. are only just now kind of being better known. It does kind of suck that the movie doesn't feel like it does an awful lot to distinguish itself from... I don't know how you would, though, I guess. So that's not really a fair criticism, I suppose. Because, mm-hmm. like, if you're depicting it relatively accurately but filtered through a Hollywood lens, there's only so much you can do. So... Yeah. Without Hamiltoning it up, and I, God knows I don't want them to do that, so... Mm-hmm. Not that I have a problem with Hamilton, but, you know, not everything needs to be Hamilton. Yeah, exactly. So it's fine. It's a fine movie. Yeah, yeah, it's... I'd watch it again. Yeah, if you're if you're really into, like, especially, like, very niche and obscure historical dramas... This is a high quality one, but it's, it is, it is a, for like kind of the general moviegoer, I think it's good. You might not like it because it is a very niche type of thing. A little dry, mm -hmm. a little uncomfortable. Yeah. And also just the general basic major driving forces of all that's happening because it's like, it's about an unknown, I'm not trying to make this bit like belittle the movie, but it's about a relatively unknown French violinist slash composer in the 1700s, in the 1700s, leading up to the French Revolution. And all of those bullet points are just niche as hell, niche as hell, niche as hell, niche as hell. Yeah. <laughs> um, Especially, but, you know what, that part's a spoiler, so I'm gonna not say it. But yeah, like, otherwise I would say it's worth seeing. Hmm. Shall we go into spoilers then? Sure. Alright. If you don't want to be spoiled on Chevalier, make sure to click away, because we're getting into spoilers in three, two, one. I know it's not really the point, but I feel like the fact that they don't actually go into the revolution is kind mm-hmm. of a weak point. To be fair, yeah. I don't know if he was really involved in the revolution itself all that much or to what extent, but... He was? I unfortunately don't... And this is actually the thing that I regret not doing more reading into. He did actually command a battalion during the French Revolution. Oh. But... At some point, something happened during the revolution where he was stripped of his military rank. Huh. And then, like, not too long after that, he he died in 1799. So that sucks. Yeah, but he did lead. He did. He was leader of a battalion during the revolution. I want to see the movie, like, because at the end of the movie, it shows it's like, yeah, he led an, an all black battalion during the revolution, and he was quite noteworthy for that. Right, and then Napoleon happened. And then Napoleon happened and reinstituted slavery. What a fucking asshole. Yeah, and it's just, you know what, that's the funny bit. That's actually, like, one of the funnier bits of this movie for me. Because it's like, as the movie's going on, it's like, why hasn't anyone heard about this movie? And in a bit of a text at the end, it just says, when Napoleon came back to power, he reinstituted slavery. 
and had um, Chevaliers music and all that band. I was like, okay, yep. that makes sense. <laughs> That's you know that what? Tracks. That's probably why the movie ends where it is, where it does because it ends on kind of a high note for him. Yeah, or maybe mm-hmm. not a high note, but at least a moment of vindictive triumph. Not even vindictive. I mean, was... Well earned. Would Would you say it was like a C or a B note? I'd say a B note. <laughs> I'd call it a I'd call it a B sharp. Okay. I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm no chevalier. I mean, I don't even know if that was the musical note. I just really wanted to make that. Joke. I'm not even a I'm not even a Mozart. Mm. Okay, you know what? Who, I, a couple who... minus a little bit of minus points for this movie. Mm-hmm. Starting in the middle. And that starting in the middle with an inherently interesting thing and then flashing back. It's like, bruh, we're already here. Just just keep it going. Just start at the start, man. Yeah. I will say, it was kind of funny seeing Mozart use the movie Soul F-Bomb. Who the fuck was that? <laughs> it's like, that, okay, that is kind of funny coming from Mozart. Yeah. No, um, he, was a, he was a foul-mouthed individual. He was a... If I remember correctly, didn't Mozart write a song about... About telling like a a priest or whatever to lick his ass. I think he did. So, oh yes, yes he did. <laughs> yep, that's yep. Which which is still one of my favorite classical songs. <laughs> I'll give them credit. The relationship with Marie Josephine and how that all falls apart, and the attempt to get her back, only for it to you know spiral out and realizing that they're different people essentially, and that it's not going to work. The middle section mm-hmm. should have infuriated me more than it did, but it didn't. The part where he's trying to get her back while she's pregnant. Oh yeah, it's like this is this is dumb, and you shouldn't be doing this. But also, I get it. I mean, it's one of those things where I I get it, but it did infuriate me infuriate me a little bit because like during the bits where she's like more or less pretending not to know him, and he's like, "No, you know who I am." He's like, "Bruh, she's trying to stop you from getting killed." <laughs> like this woman is actively trying to save your life. <laughs> From her, like, crazy-ass, warmongering husband. <laughs> what another jerk. Boy, yeah, okay, no. and that leads to the part where it turns out she's having his baby, as in, the sh- as in Joseph's baby, the Chevalier's baby. Mm-hmm. And then her husband kills the baby, apparently. Off-screen. You don't see it. You don't hear it. Yeah. You just get the second-hand news of it. And it crushes him, as it rightly should. Oh, yeah. And I respect this movie, because not enough movies have uncontrollable man-weeping in them. No, they do not. And this one did. Yeah, and it's very earned. I respect it. Made mm-hmm. it. It did make me cry. The part where they're saying goodbye to each other, and she says he was beautiful, our son. That made me cry a little bit. Mm-hmm. But the 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 bit with him weeping for this loss and the realization of what it means to be of his standing in France, basically. Oh yeah. Is yeah. That's awful. And I respect the movie for giving us that grief. Yeah. And not trying to, you know, stoicize it. So that was nice. In a terrible way. Another thing that was nice, but for different reasons, is that for a movie that is, like, extremely, like, serious and very straight-laced for the most part, there's, like, one actual joke, and it's very well done. (laughs) There's a couple of jokes in it. It's just a little more dry and a little more Mm -hmm. subtle. But there is the one... Knock, knock out, drag down joke of... So, what ends up happening is there's this one opera actress who basically propositioned him to sleep with her, and he didn't. 
And she uh, had, Marie Marie, uh, Marie Mandelin, um Gumard, by the way. Gumard. Yeah, the um the the historical figure yeah. that is, not the actress. And she ends up backing his opponent for, who's in the running to be the head of the Paris Opera. It it was the Paris mm. Opera, right? Yeah. I believe so, yeah. And she ends up petitioning the board, the committee, and Marie Antoinette to reject his nomination, rather. Basing it on a bunch of just absolutely racist things. Just some horrible dialogue. Yeah. And Marie ends up having to go along with it because she's got too many enemies and can't afford to make more. Yada yada yada, it's all politics and also, fuck the monarchy. But... (laughs) He ends up getting drunk afterward at a social engagement and calls them all out. Especially Marie Antoinette for being a fair-weather friend, basically. And... Right. Then turns to Guimard and goes, all this because I wouldn't sleep with you. That is not what this <laughs> is about. Turns to the guy who ended up being given the position, would he sleep with you? And the guy just goes, what a foul suggestion. And then Chevalier just repeats it, what a foul suggestion. You're disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny. It was very good. <laughs> that one had me rolling. Yeah. <laughs> I felt like someone was like, okay, we get one good joke with this movie. It has to be well used, guys. <laughs> and there's there, there's some other good ones. Like They're not really jokes, but again, it's more like dry moments where mm-hmm. when when Joseph, Marie, and his friend Philip, Philippe end up attending yeah. that uh, first meeting of, I guess, what's going to become the revolution or what is kind of the revolution, and they're talking about equality of man and what have you. And Marie ends up stepping up, going, and what do you think of women? Would they have equality in this scenario? Because it's a undercurrent with her. Well, not an undercurrent, it's an overcurrent. It's just an explicit woven into the text that mm-hmm. she got married off to her wackadoo warmongering husband and doesn't love him. Mm-hmm. And the guy just goes, the idea that women are inferior to men was created by a man, but I was created by a woman, so there my loyalty lies. <laughs> yeah, just, just like, base. Base. <laughs> Good take, bro. Nice work. Yeah. Accurate. Accurate. Yeah. And also nice. So. Well put, <laughs> well worded, schmoove. <laughs> I don't remember what made me write down anti based, but. Um. Oh, God. It was, it was something, something racist, I'm sure. Yeah, it was. Man, because I remember us both like kind of like making us quick joke about it when when it happened. Because it it must have been not long after that. I think it was wasn't it a thing? No, because we already met the warmongering husband at that point. Maybe it was, it was about... after he got turned down for mm. the for the position in the first place. I don't remember. Anyways, yeah, but yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I will say the the final third of the movie is fantastic. Yeah, where he decides to put on a concert that's going to... Most of the proceeds will go to help feed people who need it, and the rest will go to funding the revolution, and just straight up puts up posters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does the concert in total defiance of Marie Antoinette, who says, if you step on stage and start playing, we'll have you arrested. And then, like, her guards show up, being led by a warmongering husband, and literally holds a gun to his head, and he's just like, what? <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, the whole crowd who came out to see the show is shouting for them not to do it. And you can tell he's like, oh, fuck, I can't fucking win here. Yeah, no, because, like, if I shoot him, all of these people are going to gang up on me. 
Somebody lets him go, and he just strolls out, and it was really good. Mm-hmm. Very, and I, I, this is one of those ones where him not being super historically well-known actually works very well to the movie's advantage, because having looked up nothing about the man beforehand, I'm like, mm-hmm. I give it 50-50, he gets fucking shot! I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know where his story ends. The la- the tension of of that of the final third is very well done. Yeah, it's 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 definitely where it helps to do this about a lesser known historical figure, even if the reasons for him being lesser known are horrible and mm-hmm. terrible and bullshit. But yes, no, it definitely helps in terms of making a movie because it helps keep that tension because. It's not like when you make a movie about Elton John and then partway through he starts having an overdose and you play it up real tense and it's like, oh, I wonder if he fucking dies. <laughs> I say even though Rocket Man was a damn good movie and I love it. But the sentiment's still there. It's like, oh, gee, I wonder if he's going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> and survive to be in Kingsman the Golden Circle. <laughs> a cameo with a great blink if you blink and you'll miss it joke from him as well. <laughs> Good times. Got anything else you think? I don't think so. Other than like the movie a lot. Yeah, no, it was a good time. And this is one where it's I definitely wouldn't call it one of my favorites of the year. And yet, I'm probably more likely to rewatch it than I am some of my favorites, weirdly enough. I would definitely say of all things and all considerable subjects, this is the most pleasant surprise so far. Yeah. Or at least, it's the I don't know if pleasantly surprised, because I wasn't expecting bad things. I expected a decent movie, and I got a pretty decent movie, so... Fair. I don't know if I call it a pleasant surprise, but it was definitely a good time. In as much as you can have a good time listening to a bunch of uptight French assholes spew racist bullshit. Yes. (laughs) That's not all of them, though. Oh, no. No, no, no. So next week, it might be another double feature situation, because... On the one hand, you've got Big George Foreman and Are You There, God, It's Me, Margaret, neither of which are particularly catching my interest. But Sisu also comes out, and then Polite Mm. Society is also out, so... Mm. I mean, I'm probably gonna go see see, Sisu. Fair, I might join for that one, time permitting, but I'm also probably gonna go see Polite Society, because that looks... kinda bonkers? Mm -hmm. And I want to find out what its deal is. (laughs) Fair. In any case... Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, follow us on Facebook, Spotify, Twitter, TikTok, whatever you want to do. Feel free to do none of it. You don't owe me anything. But I sure would appreciate it. Indeed. Sorry. (laughs) Another long pause for editing, Cody. I was going to say, I wasn't sure if you were going to do something, say something else there. Nope, that was it for me. So this has been Under the Bridge with Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And with Craig, a.k.a. Greg. And we'll catch you guys next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.